Welcome to Chamber Breakers, presented by Verizon Business and Yahoo Finance. During this series, Liana and I, Xavier White, CSR and Innovation Marketing Manager at Verizon Business, will be inviting thought leaders to break the echo chambers surrounding key social issues. This season, we're focused on CSR at a time of global crisis and the impact it's having on mental health. This week, we're delighted to welcome Hayden Taylor from Unlock. He'll begin today's episode with a brief talk on the challenges younger populations are facing at this time. Mental health is a topic that I'm really, really passionate about. Uh, My name's Hayden Taylor. I'm 23 and I'm the founder of Unlock. We're a UK-based social enterprise that works with over 10,000 young people every year in schools, in colleges and in communities. And we're really passionate about giving young people platforms to lead, to make a, a positive difference in their local community Um, but also to speak up about the services they receive, including mental health provision. And mental health is a huge issue for this generation of young people. It was a big issue pre-COVID. Now, since we've seen the impacts of the UK lockdown, it's an even bigger priority for young people and those supporting young people. And understandably so, 50% of mental health issues Uh, are established by the age of 14. Um, And we know that the UK lockdown in particular has isolated young people away from their friends, from their family, their school community, and all those around them that would normally offer them kind of informal support networks uh, and help. Um, So this is a huge challenge for young people, uh, but also for the organisations trying to support young people. They've had to adapt incredibly quickly and find new ways to reach those young people that are no longer in the same settings that they would usually engage with them. And technology has been a a huge part of that. Uh, Charities that are working on the mental health agenda have done everything they can to use the internet, to use technology like Zoom um, and anonymous chat functions to engage with young people that are struggling during this, uh, this really difficult period. But that's not an easy task, particularly when Uh, A huge range of young people don't have access to technology or perhaps they're sharing technology with other members of their household. In my local area, the estimate is 25% of young people do not have access to a laptop. Now, that's a really scary statistic, but it also means that we can't target support at those young people because they physically cannot connect to it in the first place. Now, the UK lockdown has itself presented some huge challenges too. the nature of being cooped up into one small space. Um, not being able to escape from that set space. Uh, And for those particularly in high-rise buildings, not having access to green spaces or being able to exercise, this is a huge, huge challenge. And I think we'll see the impacts of this for for years to come. Um, What I think CSR departments can do, and I'm really delighted to have this conversation with you guys today, is to be plugged into that conversation locally, to work out how they can lend support to those organizations trying to reach young people um, uh, and that could be whether that could be kind of expertise, that could be physical hardware. I know we've worked with Verizon in the past around utilizing uh, secondhand laptops and making sure we can get them to, to people in need. Um, but also there's lots of opportunities for, for um, CSR departments to provide very specific bits of expertise around the types of technologies that these organizations are using to connect with young people over the Internet. Uh, and I want to see some more collaboration in this space where, where corporates and NGOs work together to really build solutions to some of these problems and some of these barriers. Uh, at Unlock, we've been working uh, innovatively to try and find new solutions to this huge mental health crisis. Uh, and we've built 
a free e-learning course for young people, which is all about managing your well-being. It's a preventative tool. It won't be for everyone, but it's all about supporting young people that, that do need a, a bit of extra help to understand uh, their, their own kind of mental health position, to understand where they can access support, but also to give them some coping techniques during this really difficult time. And we built that in partnership with the NHS. And it's a really interactive tool for young people. Um, it's completely free and people can access it on the Unlock website. Um, and we really want to roll this out to thousands of young people across the UK because we know they, they really do need it. So um, to answer your question and the, the topic of today's uh, series, um, it is a huge issue, something we're incredibly passionate about at Unlock. And what I want to see um, is uh, more targeted uh, approaches to reach those that aren't able to access uh, technology. But I also want to see collaboration between the third sector uh, and corporate businesses to find ways to reach those that are hard to reach. Those are the most vulnerable in our society. Those are the people that really need our support the most. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. The first question I have is actually right now with what's happening with coronavirus and how it's reshaping the ability to of our society, how to work and also opportunities for young people. What is the risk of if things aren't addressed, it actually affecting a whole generation of people? that will go into the workplace um, that have been, you know, affected? I think the risk is absolutely massive. Um, and the recovery period now is going to be huge. Um, I, I know frontline services have done everything they can to address uh, acute mental health difficulties during this crisis. But the reality is there are thousands, tens of thousands of people out there struggling um, quietly behind closed doors. Uh, and when they return to schools, to colleges, to their youth centres, um, no doubt that those impacts will be felt. And uh, as a society, we'll need to find ways to support those young people that have been finding this time really difficult. And it, and it is a difficult time for everybody. But but some some young people will find this incredibly difficult, particularly those in the most disadvantaged communities. So I think there is a real risk of this generation feeling long lasting impacts of of the of the lockdown and the associated kind of mental health challenges that that it brings but i really do hope that coming out of this uh we can find ways to 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 actually level up um access to support for mental health issues there's still a huge um inequality gap between those that kind of that are able to access support and those that that don't so 
Um, I really hope this kind of gives us the the energy, the motivation to find better ways to support young people uh, with with a whole range of different mental health issues. Uh, the the impacts caused economically is also a huge challenge here. You know, the anxiety young people will feel because the jobs market looks so scary night right now. You know, young people setting up businesses. You know, that's not a, a, a you know, a hugely attractive proposition right now when you're seeing small businesses uh, and, and large businesses, in fact, closing their, their doors or announcing redundancies and struggling and so on. It is not a great environment to be to be entering the labor market right now. Uh, and I think that anxiety will be felt by by a whole generation of young people. Uh, the, the impending recession that supposedly will follow COVID will uh, will only amplify those issues further and amplify the divisions between the the haves and the have-nots in terms of accessing support uh, even further. So it is a hugely challenging time, and and I think uh, this generation have um, got to uh, you know pulled the really short short straw on this. It's going to be really really tough, and and I hope that we can uh, kind of galvanise um, our passion and our energy for helping young people. To, to, to hopefully find a, a longer term solution, because this is not something that's going to, to go away overnight. And suddenly the lock, lockdown is eased and we revert back to some kind of level of normality. You're absolutely right. This is going to be felt for, for decades. You quite rightly mentioned that while this is a, a young person problem, it's a business problem, it's an economic problem, it's, it's potentially going to lead to a recession. Now, thinking back, we had a recession in 2008. There was a wave of youth unemployment then as well. From the lessons that we've learned there and the things that you, in your, you know, your skilled capacity know, what do you think businesses could do to help? I, I suspect there'll be a huge issue around um, confidence, um, uh, aspirations, um, uh, but also around resilience. Um, so I think there's a responsibility on employers to support the education system um, and also through informal channels to help young people find routes into employment. Um, connections between education and uh, employment are absolutely crucial. Uh, and uh, I think kind of looking at the labour market and, and how the labour market might look in the longer term, um, we really need to kind of uh, take this one step further and see even greater integration between both the, the, the employment um, space and the, the education space. Uh, and I think a big part of that supporting young people to enter the labour market piece is by you know, getting employers in front of them. Um, it builds aspirations. It gives them opportunities to to practice what it means to apply for a job or go for an interview. Um, and without that experience, it's difficult to build resilience to to those rejections that will inevitably come uh, at future um, uh, job application stages. So, uh, I think it's really really important that we foster those kind of conversations between education and business, and and hopefully that will make it easier for young people as they try to navigate what will inevitably be, be a, a much more complex world for them. We're seeing employers all around the world um, doing layoffs, cutting back on pay, furloughing, you name it, it's happening. But what, what can businesses do right now to help young people if they aren't able to actually hire anyone at the moment? Because we know that businesses have also frozen um, a lot of their you know, staffing, uh, staffing ability, even though they need people? It's a, it's a great question. And it's a really difficult one to answer. Um, the, the natural 
you know, a solution to this issue would be for, for, for employers that are able to, to keep employing young people and keep embracing young talent. But the, the economy presents a, a huge challenge to that. Uh, and uh, apprenticeships, which have been really growing in the UK, are, are really under threat by this crisis. Uh, colleges and other education providers that support apprenticeships are are going to really struggle to to justify offering them in the first place. And at the same time, employers are are going to really struggle to to be able to put that level of commitment into to one individual. And I suspect we'll see uh, businesses. Um, focusing their energy on more experienced members of staff that don't require quite such a long lead time to being ready to to fulfil a particular role. So um, to start with, it, it's worth acknowledging the size of the challenge there. In terms of what businesses can do right now, um, I would love to see uh, businesses reaching out to uh, their local community, You know, empowering their staff to get involved in volunteering um, in their local schools, in their local communities, um, and I'd also like to see uh, work experience make a bit of a comeback here um, and giving young people opportunities to test out different careers, to find out what they enjoy, to learn from what uh, a, a work environment feels and looks like. Uh, and that's a, that sounds like a pretty old school program. But I think if you ask, you know, most young people, they'll tell you how valuable it is to have those kind of opportunities. So I think there's there's absolutely stuff that that businesses can and should be doing over these next few quarters. Um, and uh, and I really hope that they step up to the plate and see that challenge as an opportunity. It's really interesting you bring up work experience um, because in times of crisis, there's always a danger where the most vulnerable are taken advantage of. And especially when young people, their education is all over the place at the moment. They can't go to school. They can't finish their degrees. They're looking for jobs. There's no jobs. Work experience is very valuable, but what should be done to make sure that young people are not already taken more advantage of um, than they already have been with lower pay or everything else is more expensive than our parents? You know, what can be done to make sure that they're safeguarded as well? Well, firstly, um, legislation plays a huge part here. Uh, I don't think we've gone far enough to actually protect young people. Um, and, uh, and and I'm also a strong advocate of the the apprenticeship uh, salary um, uh, starting point being much higher than what it is at the moment. I think there there are some employers who use the apprenticeship program as an opportunity to access um, cheaper than usual labour um, uh, when many uh, apprentices are carrying out the same sorts of functions as as much higher paid uh, older colleagues. So I think there is. A, a key role here for legislation to step up to the plate and actually protect young people during this situation. Um, but equally, there's a responsibility on employers to make sure that they are they are providing meaningful opportunities for young people uh, and they're doing it for the right reasons. Um, and it's all all well and good, you know, offering out work experience opportunities with the with the hope of attracting good talent in the future. You know, it's it's perfectly fine for businesses to do that, but they need to also be providing something. In return, adding value to that individual, upskilling them, connecting them to mentors. Um, those are the types of work experience placements that I would like to see. Uh, but also, I, I'd also like to see young people feel um, empowered enough to call out when employers are taking advantage of them. Um, uh, I really believe in giving young people platforms to lead and to share their voice. Uh, and I think many young people, unfortunately, 
don't get uh, opportunities to share their voice when they're in school and college. And therefore, when they enter um, scenarios like you're, you're talking about there, where they, they might get taken advantage of, they perhaps don't feel confident enough to, to raise their voice and, and explain uh, to, to others um, and to, to the wider world that actually they're being taken advantage of. So it's a really complex problem. I think we've got, we've got to get the legislation in place. We've, we've got to do that first and foremost to protect young people. We've got to hold employers to account, and we've also got to give young people the platform uh, to be able to, to, to share those experiences and to, to call out any employers that choose to take advantage of, of young people. Definitely. There we were talking about vulnerable people. Earlier you mentioned that vulnerable people are less likely to be technologically connected, maybe technologically disenfranchised, that 25% of people in your area don't have access to a laptop. Any advice on how those young people that, that may end up in the situation Leanna discussed, um, that may be struggling, suffering from a digital divide, how that they can be reached? Is there a role that business can play? You mentioned reaching out to community organizations. I'd just love to explore that a bit further. How do we reach young people that perhaps are not able to access technology? Yeah, it's a huge yeah. challenge, right? Um, what I've been really heartened to see is um, a number of businesses across the UK getting involved with uh, programs where they're able to donate old tech. And I'd like to see more of that. Verizon is really leading the, the way on this in the sense that they are offering old laptops um, out to community organizations uh, that perhaps normally would just be uh, in some sort of uh, landfill center somewhere. Um, what I'd like to see is, is businesses stepping up to the plate and where they have got old technology that perhaps is deemed not good enough or um, perhaps you know, would traditionally uh, be left in storage um, to 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 bring that out and to offer it to community organizations who are able to cascade, cascade that down to the young people most in need. Um, also, um, what I've been really pleased to see is the, uh, the school and college system embracing digital uh, and mobile technology like MiFi routers and 4G dongles, which have given young people who wouldn't traditionally have access to internet to, to do that in the short term. Um, but it does beg the question, you know, how, how in the longer term do we ensure every young person across the country has access to good internet and has access to some sort of technology device that enables them to learn online? Because the reality is schools aren't going to click back to normal in September. Online learning is here to stay. Um, and we've got to find radical solutions to that. So there are some practical things to answer your question. Um, in short, businesses can find their old tech, they can refurbish it and give it out to community organizations who can cascade it to those in need. Um, but also I'd, I'd like to see more co-production on the types of support offered to young people. Um, at Unlock, we're building e-learning courses around getting a job, employability. I'd love to see more employers sticking their hand up and saying, you know what, we'd love to contribute to that. We'd love to share our experience. Um, and equally from a technology point of view, there are a whole range of businesses that are far more advanced than those in the third sector who can lend their knowledge and expertise to help build the platforms uh, and the channels to reach young people too. So I think there's a whole range of things that businesses can be doing, um, but you've you've got to have you've got to have a driving force behind that. You know, you've got to have people in the business that feel inspired by this, that want to move it forward, um, 
that are keen to engage with local communities and to make sure that they're contributing. Uh, and I've seen that with Verizon and I'd love to see it with other businesses too. When it comes to businesses, the way they view young people, I'd love to um, have you explore a little bit about the attitudes towards a younger workforce. There has been an ageism divide, even pre-coronavirus, when it comes to bringing young people in. Um, yes, people may be young, but, you know, and I firmly believe this myself, it's not about how long you've been on this earth. It's what you do with that time. And, you know, you can get some very wired and talented young people that may only be 21 years old, but are digitally savvy and very astute in whatever skill they have more than some people who are a lot older. Do you feel that um, we have developed in terms of the business world, in terms of changing the attitude towards young people? Or do you still see that as an issue that's only going to be exacerbated more by the fact that coronavirus has kind of messed up how, you know, hiring is going to be for probably the next two years. Um, I definitely think we had made some progress pre-COVID on this. I think the apprenticeship program gave employers an opportunity to really invest in young talent and to find ways to support them into, into new roles. The huge challenge with the post-COVID environment is that the cost of that training and the time put into that training into young people who perhaps don't have as uh, as much experience as their older counterparts um, will be a huge disincentive for employers. Um, but at the same time, I think you're you're absolutely right. There are incredible young people out there, young people um, who are incredibly tech literate that have brilliant skill sets that are more socially minded than ever, um, that have a real sense of purpose and sense of direction um, and uh, there is a real risk that that generation feel pretty disempowered by the labor market they find themselves in um, so yeah I think there's a there's a there's a huge challenge there uh, what I would encourage employers to do is is to think longer term you know COVID's not here forever we will make it out the other side um, and uh, when this all is over uh, I personally, as a business owner, want to have uh, the team with the, the greatest prospects of, of long term um, opportunity, you know, those innovators that are seeing COVID as a real opportunity. Uh, and, and also COVID in itself has encouraged businesses to adapt in uh, different ways, to offer their services um, in a different way, uh, to reach their customers in different ways, too. Uh, and I think young people are inherently innovative thinkers. They're creatives, uh, this generation more so than any before this generation. So I also think there's a huge uh, business opportunity there to in invite in young talent that can help shape the future of your business as you try to respond to the huge challenges that are in front of you. Uh, so I, I think if you're a forward-thinking business owner that are looking at the young people in the labour market right now, I would, you know, really encourage you to to see this as an opportunity and to to plan for the long term. These are the innovators, the disruptors that you really do need. At the moment, we're obviously seeing a lot of civil unrest prompted by various different reasons. Some that's completely necessary to make the progress that we need in the world. But do you think we'll reach a point where? there'll be civil unrest over youth unemployment that will go back in time to when that was was a thing? Or do you think that actually business can step in now, community organizations can step in now and we can prevent that? 
I think it's absolutely preventable. You've got to have a, a will and a desire to do it. Um, the government are obviously kind of fading away their furlough scheme, um, which uh, will, will certainly have impacts on the economy in the longer term. What I'd like to see the government do is commit to offering every young person in the country either a, an apprenticeship and to offer greater levels of subsidy uh, for those apprenticeships to ensure that we don't have a whole generation of young people lost um, in the current crisis. Um, or if they aren't off- offered an apprenticeship, to offer them a guaranteed place in employment um, or training. Uh, sorry, educational training. So I, I think there's a, there's, an, there's a responsibility on government to step up here to make sure that this generation don't feel kind of left behind. Um, we've already seen that the vast majority of jobs that have been cut during redundancy process because of COVID um, are in the younger brackets. So the government needs to to respond to that because this is a, an age group that is disproportionately affected by the current crisis. So I'd like to see that commitment from the government. Um, so every young person either has access to an apprenticeship or definitely has access to some sort of uh, training or uh, de- development of their employability. Um, and I think businesses can step up to the plate too as well. Um, I know many organizations are looking at their agility, thinking about how they can cut costs as they move into a kind of a post-COVID world. Um, but at the same time, if you're not embracing that talent and you're not seeing young people as an opportunity, you know, you'll come out the other side uh, lagging behind all of those organizations that have been able to to embrace that creative creativity, to to adjust their business models and to, to come out uh, fighting fit, if you like. Um, so I think it's absolutely avoidable, but we've got to have the will, we've got to have the desire. Uh, and we've also got to put pressure on our government to say that actually, you know what, if we don't do something here, uh, there is a real risk that this generation um, could feel completely disillusioned. And some of the things that you're talking about there in terms of protesting, civil unrest, uh, are uh, a real prospect if we do not step up to the plate uh, and find solutions for young people. What can businesses do in terms of rethinking their practices in the well-being of their young staff? When we do see job cuts happening, a bulk of a younger workforce usually gets laid off. Um, what do you think needs to be unpacked there in terms of how young people are affected when there are crises like this, whether it's the financial crisis or whether it's a health crisis? So in a kind of a post-COVID world, uh, a, a huge range of the things that kind of the millennial generation um, really embrace, like homeworking, um, digital tools, all of those kind of things are, are are tools that come kind of naturally and ways of working that come naturally to young people. So I think for many businesses, uh, you know, you could actually see this generation of, of young people as the most prepared for a post-COVID world. Um, so I think that's definitely a consideration in terms of the practices that that they they offer. I'd, I'd like to see businesses offering um, more uh, well-being and mental health support for this generation, so that they're able to flourish in their roles. And I think when when businesses do that, they'll see the huge value that young people can offer. I, I think we've got to paint a more positive picture of young people and the opportunities that, that they present. Uh, there is still. Uh, a huge media in, in bias to young people. And I, I don't think young people really get a, a, a good rap from the British press. There, there's, a, there's a lot of work to be done to, to showcase the incredible work that young people are doing, especially through pla- platforms like One Young World and other global forums where they're highlighting the amazing work that young people are doing in leading in their communities, in changing 
the world they see around them, but also changing the businesses they work for. You know, young people are a more socially aware generation. They are far more socially conscious. They have greater sense of purpose and mission. And uh, they're a real positive force for, for creating socially responsible businesses. Uh, and I, th- I think that's a huge, hugely valuable thing to have right now. You know, consumers, uh, you know, as a, as a whole are desperate to find the businesses that they can trust, uh, where they put their kind of heart on their sleeves and are able to showcase how they're actually being a socially responsible organization. So um, I think young people have a huge role to play in, in shaping that CSR agenda in the longer term. Before we go, um, because there's a lot to unpack here, I'm sure people want to have more information about yourself, unlock. Can you tell us where they can find you online? Absolutely. Um, it was great to chat to you guys. Uh, if you want to find out more or get involved in, in some of our programs connecting employers to education, you can head to unlock.org.uk. That's U-N-L-O-C.org.uk. Thank you so much for coming on Chamber Breakers. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Great to be here. Find videos and articles about this series on the Yahoo Finance UK site. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please rate, review and subscribe to hear more. Coming up next week on Chamber Breakers by Verizon Business and Yahoo Finance, we'll be speaking to Christina McKelvey, the Scottish Minister for Older People and Equalities, about how this crisis is affecting the older population.